Hey friends, our names are Lizzie and Ashley, and we are the hosts of the Reckless to Redeem podcast. We are two best friends who used to love the party scene and spent most of our friendship thriving off worldly desires. But in 2022, God had other plans for our friendship and turned our destructive party lifestyle into a life redeemed by Christ. Now we are here to share that there's power in the name of Jesus, and He will guide you on the narrow path to freedom. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Reckless to Redeem. Today, Ashley is going to be telling her personal testimony and the way that God moved so much in her life. Um, Being best friends for 11 years, I have personally been able to witness some of this, and it is just absolutely incredible. Um, God is so good, and he can do such amazing things in your life when you just give it all to him. So I will go ahead and let her get started. Yes, Lizzie, I am so excited that we are finally doing our testimonies and I am able to share the goodness of Jesus and what he has done in my life and throughout my life, as well as the trials and tribulations that has happened throughout my life. And I just remember as a little girl at a very young age, um, I was about age five, and that's when I started noticing that something was just off about me and something was just weird. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I not like these normal kids? And it would even be like the clothes that I was wearing was like, I would wear the same outfit for like a week straight. People would even make fun of me and be like, why are you wearing the same outfit? It's just so silly when I look back on, but little did I know that I had ADD. So I had no idea at the time. Um, and I didn't know that I had that until I was about eight. When I had my first seizure and it was extremely unexpected and it was so traumatizing for my mother. And I just remember she found me and she was just like, oh my gosh. And I started medication. And then from that medication, it started um, anxiety and depression because of just the side effects of it. So I was prescribed another medicine for that. And that's when they found out that I had ADD as well. So I have been on prescription medication at a very, very young age, which now I know that that's just a, you know, a spiral effect. When you start one medication, you're going to need multiple medications. Um, But being young, I had obviously no idea. So when I got diagnosed with ADD, I got put in actually special ed classes. And I felt like that really hindered my confidence and my ability to think that I was capable of things. I just was like, is this really my life? Like I barely had any friends. People didn't really want to be friends with me. The only time that I felt good was on a softball team, which I was a part of a travel softball team. Absolutely love the sport. And so that kind of took me away from everything that was going on in my life at those times. About 13 years old, I moved from West Palm Beach, Florida to good old Kentucky. And I had to start from ground zero with friends, which honestly I loved because nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew that I had a disability. Nobody knew about my past. I was able to start over. The only downfall was that um, my parents got divorced right before we moved and that's why I moved up here. So I didn't have my father currently with me growing up through high school, which I think affects a lot of people when they don't have their, you know, one of their parents to be able to kind of guide them through life. I did see him on the holidays and things like that, though. But 
I just felt like it wasn't enough. So when I started eighth grade, I was brand new to the school. Nobody knew me. And the first thing I had to do was I had to start in special ed classes. The only people that knew that I was in special ed was the people that were my class because I remember having to sneak through the hallways to try to make sure nobody saw me because I made friends, you know, at lunch and in other classes. And I was just so ashamed because I was like, why, why I don't think that I need to be in here and it's hindering my ability to learn. So they actually, Kentucky testing tested me and I was able to be in normal classes. There wasn't anything wrong with me in their eyes. So I felt like this is my chance. This is my time to shine. I'm going to be able to feel normal. I did. I ended up making a ton of friends and that was just their turning point for me when it came to like my social game and stuff like that, which means I basically looked at my friends as my worth. Um, so I found my worth if my friends thought I looked pretty or if I got invited to places. And it was all about other people other than myself. So I always felt like there was something that was just missing. Then that's kind of when things started to kind of spiral out of control. I had my first boyfriend um, the summer of going into freshman year. And I just remember being boy crazy and just wanting like all the attention on me. And I didn't know that it was actually something eternal that I was missing. So I was just chasing after that, that thrill of, I just want someone to like me, someone to think I'm pretty or cool or popular. Then I was just like, I'm just basically going to date one kid to the next kid to the next kid. And it was just spiraling until I was about 15. I had my first sip of alcohol, which I actually ended up getting a underage drinking charge, which is insane. At 15 years old, my mom had to pick me up from a party because I took a shot of wine. I wanted to feel cool and everyone was taking shots. So I took a shot of wine and I got breathless and it was crazy because I was not even drunk. Um, but that feeling that I got from that one shot of wine is when the partying started to spiral out of control. I, I felt normal when I drank. I was super excited to be able to go out with friends, had a group that, you know, just loved me, thought I was great, thought I was normal. They didn't know my past. They didn't know all the struggles that I went through. And I just leaned on them for that. I remember all my friends were in AP classes. They were all very, very smart. I was just like trying to act like I could fit in with them, even though reality, I was just so insecure. So I felt like partying and keeping up that, you know, party life and going to all of the house parties was, you know, where I felt like I fit in. I just noticed that it was just getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I cared so much about my appearance. I had an eating disorder and I remember being so skinny and someone coming up to me and being like, you are literally like a stick. And they used to say, Flatty Ashley, because <laughs> I was just so small. I just remember, like, I did not even eat lunch at school because I would save all my money just because I was like, you know what? I need that money for the weekend, for gosh knows what, because, you know, what are we spending money on going to the movies or something? You know, <laughs> like I wasn't spending it on alcohol. 
And back then, alcohol was not hard to find. You could just go in your parents' pantry. And I remember just going in the pantry and making some Skittles with some Kool-Aid packets and me and my friends just sitting around in a circle, playing cards. You know, I thought I was having so much fun and it was just like, you know, I was the life of the party and, and this is it. Um, but for years through high school, I would get in trouble with the cops because of underage drinking. I was showing up to softball practices, still drunk. And then my coach, she didn't tell me she knew, but I think she knew because she would make me run <laughs> always when I was hung over. But back then being hung over was really like you just need to drink water and drink a Gatorade and then you're good. It was like your pep and your step and you're you're on the go. So not compared to when you're older. <laughs> so I graduated high school and I ended up going to college right off the bat to a community college. Ended up flunking out because I was always at UK partying. Basically, my main focus was to chase that next high, to chase that next thrill. And that's what I did. I went off to UK. I just partied for weeks at a time. Back then, all I wanted was just attention. I just wanted someone to fill that void that I was missing. And I'm like, where is it at? And I thought that it was going to be at these parties. <laughs> and if only I knew back then what I know now, but I had to go through all of that stuff. So 2012, that's when I met my best friend, Lizzie. She was 17 at the time and I was 20. We were just crazy party girls. I mean, I know you can remember our first encounter, probably drinking vodka. <laughs> now, actually, the funny thing is, is I can't remember our first encounter. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just know. We, <laughs> I just know we met at a party and that's it. Like, I don't remember anything else from that night. Yes, absolutely. It's just, it's so, it's so crazy just looking back. Um, but glory to God, right? So yes. then since I was just a party girl and just trying, I remember just asking Lizzie, can you find me someone to date? Can you find me someone to date? Like, I was just so lost, like so lost. It is just so crazy when I look back at all the times that I just put my worth in these boys, these boys, they're not going to fulfill you at the end of the day. They're not. So in 2013, I was going to a party. That's when I met my children's father. I just thought this man is just this is it I remember Lizzie meeting him and we were all like he's so fun he likes the party all that stuff I ended up having our first son in 2013 as well so I ended up getting pregnant pretty quickly and that's kind of when reality set in for me I realized that wow I have a baby now I can't be partying all the time um but we were still young our selfish desires wanted to go out on the weekends. You know, when we had our kids, we chose to do that. Majority of my son's life from probably one to two years old, you know, we were just partying on the weekends or any weekends that we could. And that's something that I, you know, have to, had to get through, know that it was just before I had Christ. And you're not going to make the right decisions before you have Christ because I was just searching for that thrill. So unexpectedly in 2014, I got pregnant with our second son. I was just completely in shock. I remember even thinking in my head, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I called Lizzie. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to have two kids. But I ended up, you know, just 
going along with it and going along for the ride. It was a very hard pregnancy for me because I ended up being pregnant alone. I remember just that's kind of where my relationship with God was super strong at that time because he was all I had to talk to. And I just remember sitting there crying just all the time, holding my stomach and just being like, why am I so depressed? Why do I not want this kid? Why do I not want to be here right now when I have a kid that's kicking my stomach? And it was a horrible, horrible time for me. I just remember I was going crazy. I was going nuts. The only thing that I could do was cry out to God and to talk to him. Glory to God, because he was with me that entire time. And he got me through that. Because to be honest, there was a lot of times during that period that I did not want to be here anymore. I knew that I had two sons now that need me. And so I just leaned on God for the comfort. And then Easton came unexpectedly at 31 weeks because my placenta ruptured. That itself was super traumatizing. And I know God was with us because the doctor said if he would have stayed in for probably 20 seconds longer, he wouldn't be here today. So I am just so grateful that he is. And he has a couple medical conditions he was born with. You know, but other than those, he is a healthy, just strong, loving boy. And he's just so sweet. And I'm just so lucky that nothing happened to him. Um, I ended up getting back with my kid's father. So then after my son was born, for years and years, we were just in this toxic cycle of um, just infidelity, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Just everything that you can think of, it was going on in our relationship. And I take full accountability for my part in the relationship. And I said things and did things that are horrible that I would not want to be done to me. I ended up becoming my own worst enemy. You know, I think when you get cheated on and, you know, degraded and things like that, you lose yourself. It's almost like I would just make excuses. Oh, well, he did that. So I'm going to do that. So he left me, so I'm going to leave in the middle of the night, whatever the case may be. And that's just the raw truth of how our relationship went. It wasn't until I had a very traumatic experience that I finally let go of that relationship. I know that that was God telling me, like, you've got to go now because you need, I'm going to, you need to save your life, basically, is what God was trying to speak to me. Um, that was very, very hard to know that I was going to be a single mom with two kids, had to move back to my mom's house, which was super upsetting because we just moved into a house four months before we split up for the final time. So it was definitely an emotional roller coaster. I worked at a chilly place at the time, so I still had a job. And I just remember, you know, knowing I, I'm going to do this by myself. I was on uh, food stamps. I was on uh, daycare assistance. And, you know, I did the thing. I just worked all the time, made sure that my kids were provided for. But right after that relationship ended, I ended up in another relationship right after. And I still, poor guy, because (laughs) I was super unhealed, super unhealed Mm -hmm. from growing up with a stepdad who was absolutely atrocious. And I'm trying to say that lightly, but I can't. He he was not the best role model, you know, to look up to when it came to, you know, how he treated my mother and the things that he did. And I remember 
her putting up with so much for so long. And so I was just always like, this is must be what love is. And I think that's why I went back and forth so much in my relationship with my kid's father because of the instability when it comes to relationships and just not knowing my worth at all or what love truly is. So when I was in my next relationship, the struggles that I had was I had no idea how I was supposed to treat him. I had no idea what love was. I did, I did not think anything he said was true. I constantly thought he was lying about absolutely everything. And I was still in this drinking cycle. And I was drinking, I was smoking weed, and I was just trying to do anything to numb the pain of all the trauma that I previously went through. You know, when you get to a near life or a near death experience, it changes who you are. And I think it kind of puts an eggshell over you and you just don't want to let people truly in. You just, you just don't. And then you end up picking up these narcissistic characteristics that you once didn't have. And then you ended up having because you became your own worst enemy. So that relationship ended up not working out. Um, I was reaching out to God a lot. I ended up losing 70 pounds. I went on this fitness journey and that fitness journey ended up going into another eating disorder. It wasn't as severe as when I was in high school. I was still eating, but I was checking my, the scale every single day. I was 130 pounds thinking that I was you know, this chubby girl that was 210 pounds still. And it was just nothing I did made me feel good enough at all. It didn't matter how small I was or, you know, how big I was. I just, nothing made me feel worthy. And 2019 is when I met my husband and he was my neighbor. And it's just so funny because I never thought that I would meet somebody who literally lived next door to me. And I was like that young girl next door that he just couldn't keep his eyes off of. <laughs> it's funny because I was the same way with him. I just remember seeing him and being like, he is the hot neighbor. Like telling Lizzie, like there's this guy next door and he's just good looking. But yeah, that's funny how God works. It works in mysterious ways. <laughs> But I started cosmetology school shortly after we started dating, and that was just an amazing experience. I was very, you know, not confident while I was there. I was very insecure. I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this, but I have got to do something. I'm not just going to work at this chilly place forever. And I went there, and I did the dang thing, you know, like, I, I killed it you know, God showed me that I was capable of things that I never even thought I was capable of myself. And at that time, I thought that was the path and the journey that he had me on because he was the one who gave me the courage to be able to even sign up for something like that. Because in my eyes, I thought I was going to fail at basically everything since I failed and already flunked out of college. I didn't even think I was going to be able to graduate because my confidence was at a zero. So it was, it's just crazy to even think about all the times in my life that God has stepped in and I just overlooked it. And now I'm just so grateful. It's just so amazing. Then that's when COVID hit while I was in cosmetology school and I was pregnant with my third son and that was unexpected as well. <laughs> so not only were me and John freshly dating, um, but we also were about to have a baby. 
and become a blended family of six. So it was a lot for both of us, but you know, we we took took it by the horns and we did it. So in 2020, I ended up graduating cosmetology school after the whole pandemic happened. And it was honestly not the best experience because a lot of the time we had to work on just mannequins because the salon wasn't open to the public. So I was like not very confident going into my test after I graduated. I remember taking my theory test and I remember praying to God, like, give me the strength to be able to do this. Give me the knowledge to be able to do this. And you guys, I went into that test and failed. And I remember sitting there in the car, like thinking that God's like a genie bottle. Like he'll just give me whatever I want. And just being like, why would you do this to me? Like I was mad. And I was like, this is such a trigger for my childhood. Like I just graduated and now I failed. Like I'm not going to be able to even get a license. And honestly, I felt so defeated. But I took that time and I just prayed and reached out to God. And I was like, please, I'm going to do this again, but I need you to hold my hand through it. I ended up taking the test again two weeks later, passing the test barely, which made it very scary for me to take my practical test, which was my hands-on test. My confidence was not all there at all. I thought I was going to fail that again. Turns out I ended up getting a 98, which was amazing. In my eyes, I just never expected that. But I know that God was with me that entire time because I did I did it so good, Lizzie. <laughs> I wish you were there. <laughs> but that was a confidence booster. After I graduated, I realized I'm going to have to stay home because daycare is very expensive. I felt very defeated because I thought, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this license if I can't even work. I had to make sure that I was home for the summers for my other two kids. It was just a very lonely time. And that's kind of when my drinking picked back up because I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. I always thought that postpartum depression would happen after you ha- right after you have the baby. But my case, it ended up happening about six months after he was born because I was home. I was used to being busy nonstop. I was a working mom all the time. I was in school full time. And then I was just sitting at home. Like, what am I supposed to do now? That's when I just started drinking. I felt good being home, you know, while I was drinking. And I remember waking up, I was at nine o'clock and just cracking open a beer. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that was the enemy really trying to get me because I was going through a mental crisis. It was just such a hard time for me going through postpartum. The doctors also diagnosed me with PTSD as well from my past relationships and just like the trauma that I had growing up and things in that aspect and just knowing that I was so messed up I was like there is nothing that's going to help me nothing at all I just remember sitting there crying and just being like I literally hate myself Uh, and it's it's crazy to me because how can you hate yourself when you have so so many blessings you have your kids you have somebody that loves you Like, how do you not see the bigger picture here? But that's what happens. You don't have Jesus fully in your life. The enemy is going to attack you at all times. And he had a grip on me harder than he ever has before. November 11th, 2021 is when I had my encounter with Jesus for the first time. And thank you, Jesus, because that saved my entire life. That was the game changer. That's what turned everything around for me. I remember just sitting there, November 11th, 
crying. I didn't tell Lizzie. My husband knew I was going through stuff, but he didn't know how to react or what to do because he was like, uh, what is going on with you? This isn't the girl that I started dating. Like you're being cuckoo, you know? So I went out in my driveway and I was just drunk and it was 3 a.m. And I remember just crying and just telling God to take me like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to probably out myself if you don't take me right now. And I was in that mindset. I really wanted to at that moment. It was just like a light bulb. Like, I can't even explain it came over me and just the love and like, I felt Jesus's presence. And it was the first time in my entire life that I actually like full on felt Jesus with me. And he told me, you have a purpose. And I'm like, there's no way. I was crying. There's no way I have a purpose. What do you mean? Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to help people if I can't help myself? And I was just masking all these feelings for so long. And God made me feel worthy. And he told me that I was his daughter and that he loved me and I had a purpose. And after that night, I held on to that encounter. And I said, I'm going to make a change today. And I did. And it was a slow process of trying to figure out, like, what does he want me to do? What am I supposed to do? You know, I was still drinking because I was, you know, an alcoholic at the time. I was smoking cigarettes. I was smoking weed. I was drowning all of the pain and all of the heartache that I've carried on for so long in my life. It was just crazy because months and months would go by and he would just start breaking more and more chains. And like, it would be the chains of, you know, self-worth. And I remember just sitting here crying, going to the gym and just crying to him and reaching out every morning. I would pray and reach out to him and I would feel him holding my hand as I'm going in the car. It was just something supernatural, something that it's hard to explain unless you've experienced it. It's truly incredible. That was really just the time in my life that I knew I am going to change because I'm going to put Christ in the center of it. I remember telling Lizzie, like, we were talking about God and, and she's just like, we just keep talking about Jesus. Like, it's just so amazing how our friendship went from gossiping and drinking and living for the world to actually, you know, living a life with purpose together. God gave me the confidence to be able to quit drinking alcohol, which defined me for 15 years of my life. I was this party girl. I was this, you know, attention, this girl that wanted all the attention, lustfulness, just wild. And I felt calm. I felt like a sense of peace that I've never felt before. I remember telling God, like, how am I going to even do any of this? Like I'm on, you know, I had a platform on TikTok and I was this crazy savage mom. I was this huge party girl. I had videos dancing on the bars. Like, like how am I supposed to, to do this? And he was like, just talk about me. Just tell your story, share your testimony. Let, let's see what we can do with this platform. It's incredible. I remember when I changed it to, you know, Christian TikTok. I lost a lot of views. I probably lost followers and I didn't care. I was like, I'm doing this to glorify God. And coming from someone who used to post selfies on Facebook just to feel good, like that's crazy that I was willing to do all that, but I'm willing to do anything to glorify the, the person, not even the person, the, the supernatural father that saved my life. I was willing to give up anything. And 
I noticed my heart started to change. My desires started to change. Our friendship started to change. And we were just blossoming into, you know, beautiful creations in Christ. And it was something that me and Lizzie both haven't experienced before, you know, until 2021. And I just think that's just so amazing that he was able to do that in our friendship. Yeah, with our friendship, it's really crazy because we don't base our friendship around partying. I actually remember the first time that you came down because every time you came and visited, we would always get drunk. And it was what, probably a year ago now or something you came to get you came down and or at least close to that. And we didn't drink at all. We literally just hung out. And I was like, wow, like we actually like each other. Like we're actually having a good time without alcohol. And it's crazy because that's been our whole friendship. It's actually, I mean, we didn't really even know each other outside of alcohol. I mean, there was nothing, like we didn't have any type of relationship outside of alcohol. So I think it's absolutely incredible that we have such a strong bond. Like I consider you a sister and I'm just so blessed that, you know, God has thrived this friendship after so many years of destruction. It's just, it's amazing. I know it, it really is. He just completely broke the change to my addiction, you know, that my whole life I thought that I was going to live with. So then throughout this past year, I started noticing that God was taking those desires away from me because I was asking him to, I was like, please take away the desire to drink, take away the desire to smoke cigarettes. And I was asking him to remove anything and anyone that was going to hinder my relationship with him. I was putting him at the center, which I should have done since day one. And I know now why I went through what I went through because I'm able to let people know that they are not alone. If you grew up with some type of disability or some type of illness or some type of trait that you look down on and that you don't think is worthy or anything like that, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of the king. I've always let my insecurities define me. And now I let Jesus define who I am. So all of those years that I thought I was unworthy, unlovable, I was stupid, that I was not capable of things that everybody else around me was capable of. And by surrendering everything to Jesus, he broke the chains and I finally found freedom. That is absolutely incredible story. I just love it. Um, it is so easy to get caught up in our world and it is such a dark place to be. Walking with Jesus can also be difficult, you know, because now you have the whole world against you. But the thing is, is he gives you hope. And that's what everybody needs. They just need hope. And even when I'm having, you know, my worst days, I just think about one day I'm going to be in the arms of Jesus. And that really just gets me through. I mean, it really does. Um, Ashley, your story is amazing. And I love you. I know. I'm so, like so much. <laughs> love you like I really do and I'm just I'm blessed that I can you know I was able to see parts of that did I hate you going through that yes but you got out of it girl like here we are Mm -hmm. um 
just loving Jesus. And I just, I love it. I love it so much. And I'm so excited for you to be able to share your testimony on what Jesus has done in your life as well. And I just am so grateful that we're able to glorify God and all of his good works. Yes, I am so excited to share my testimony. You know, ours are similar in some aspects, but they're also very different. And it's just really exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. So we will see you guys next Wednesday for my testimony. Yes, love you guys. Love you. Bye.